Hello, fellow Rebel Capitalists. Hope you're well. So I just got a text message from my good friend, Brent Johnson, dollar milkshake guy. And he sent me a link to one of his tweets that showed why the dollar would crash. Yes, crash. And why it wouldn't crash. So most of you think of Brent, you think, oh, well, my gosh, he's the guy that thinks the dollar is going to be the world reserve currency for the next 40,000 years and that the dollar is going to go straight up and he's just absolutely crazy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Or maybe you might believe, you might agree with Brent, what Brent says, but he's known as the dollar strength guy. But in reality, you got to look at the nuance there because although Brent thinks the dollar will go up against other foreign currencies, he will readily admit that we could have some consumer price inflation in the U.S., which means the U.S. dollar going down, crashing against other things, things other than other uh, fiat currencies. And what he did is he sent me to these graphics. I don't know if he did them. I believe maybe he just found them on Twitter. And I had an epiphany moment. It was like that light bulb went on because you guys know that I tried to explain the global monetary system and how it works with dollars. I do that till I'm blue in the face. I've done probably, my gosh, what, 20, 40, 50 whiteboard videos on it. We've done probably hundreds of videos on this topic right here on the Rebel Capitalist channel. But it's it's very difficult to explain. But as soon as I saw these graphics that Brent sent me this morning, it was just like, that's it. That's exactly how I'm going to explain this to people. So I'm super excited to reveal this to you. Uh, you can probably tell in my voice. Let's get right over to Brent's tweet, the one that he sent me this morning via text message. And we're going to start there. And then what I did is I had Danny, one of my editors, throw together some more graphics that expand on this initial tweet that I received from Brent. And at the end of this video, I, I truly believe that you're going to have that light bulb moment. You're going to have that epiphany. You're going to totally understand the global monetary system. So we start with Brent's tweet. He says, the graphic on the left explains how and why many believe the USD, United States dollar, will go into hyperinflation. So here is the graphic on the left that he's referring to. So he uses the example of water that's being poured or flowing into, let's just call it a bucket. And what's going to happen is the spigot is going to be turned on to such a great degree, that means a supply of currency units, that it's going to completely overwhelm the amount of goods and services that we have available to us. Therefore, the water, the amount of currency units, is going to overflow. And this overflow represents hyperinflation because there's just way, 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 way too many dollars for the U.S. economy. And therefore, if there's way, way, way too many currency units, then that takes us to consumer price inflation, potentially even hyperinflation. And I would also point out that most, not only is this most people's view, but then they combine this with, oh my gosh, the petrodollar's might not be here in a few years. And if Saudi Arabia starts pricing oil in another currency, that means that there's going to be less dollar demand. Oh my gosh. That means there's more dollars that are going to be flowing into this bucket. 
which creates even more of an overflow. So I think maybe the next time I do this presentation, or maybe I'm going to do it for tomorrow's whiteboard video, maybe what I'll have Danny do is put a faucet here on the right, but also a faucet on the left, because that would represent all these dollars that are flowing into the United States for XYZ reason. Call it because there's no more demand to buy oils and dollar, or there's no more dollar demand because you don't have to use dollars to buy oil. The BRICS currency, people are going to go to gold. Whatever the narrative is, it means that there's more of these dollars that are flooding into the United States like a hot potato on top of the fact that the government is printing money. Money printer go burr, blah, 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 blah. So you get this big overflow. I think you guys get the idea. You get the concept. This is the narrative that you hear from a lot of the gold guys and a lot of the guys in the, the Bitcoin space. And also, I think it would not just I, in those uh, areas of uh, not just in those areas, but also I think even people in the mainstream, they kind of have an instinct that the dollar could lose a lot of value, especially over the last couple of years, because we've seen that through consumer price inflation. So I don't think it's something that's exclusive to these lines of thought, meaning kind of the sound money and then compartmentalize that into the kind of the Bitcoin bucket, the gold bucket, or a combination of, of both. But here in the next slide, Brent says that the graphic on the right explains how and why they are wrong. Now, like I said at the top of the video, I'm going to share, I'm going to reveal with, to you at the, very, very soon why Brent believes the dollar could crash, but not against other currencies. That's a very, very important distinction. So here we've got that same US dollar market, and we've got the faucet that's pouring water into this market. But you'll notice this time there's no overflow. Why isn't there any overflow? Because that water is going through the drain, and it's flowing into the euro dollar market, which is far from overflowing. So if the amount of water dollars that are going into the euro, mark, euro dollar market is limited to something like our trade deficit, even though we could be running hundred trillion, $2 trillion trade deficits, that still means that there's just a trickle of water going into the euro dollar market relative to the size of the overall euro dollar market. And I think this is a, a fabulous visual that really helps people understand the dynamics that are at play. But I don't think it goes far enough. I think we could be even more descriptive. And that's why I had Danny do a few more graphics based on these two that Brent tweeted out. I don't know when. He, he just texted me this morning. It looks like he tweeted it uh, November 19th. So probably yesterday. So here is where I had Danny start. And this is just the exact graphic that you just saw. This is kind of most people's idea of what's going on with the dollar and how it could lead to hyperinflation or how the government deficit, the money printing, uh, the lack of demand for dollars because the petrodollar is going away, gold brick back current or gold uh, brick, gold back currency, yada, yada, yada. This is kind of most people's view of how the system works and why they come to the conclusion that hyperinflation is a real possibility. So on the left, we have the next visual that Brent showed that says, okay, this is why they're wrong as far as the dollar relative to other currencies. 
But what I think would add to the efficacy of this visual is not just showing the euro dollar market, but also pointing out that all of the currency units, not all, a, a vast majority, I mean 95%, let's say, that are in the euro dollar market, the system, which is really truly the global reserve currency, are created not by a flow of water or a flow of dollars from the United States. Absolutely not. These were created by lending them into existence. Not necessarily U.S. banks, but more so banks outside of the United States, banks in the shadows, banks in the euro dollar system. So why does that matter? Because if every single one of these dollars that are represented by this amount of water in the euro dollar market were created by lending them into existence, that means that there is an equivalent amount of dollar debt, right? Let's just say that this stream of water coming in from the US dollar market would equal, let's just say 5 trillion. But let's just say this tub of water that equals the euro dollar market is 100 trillion. Okay, well, 95% of this water was created by lending it into existence. Therefore, if you've got 95, you got 100 trillion total, you got 95 trillion that's lent into existence. And then let's just fi say 5 trillion coming out of the United States. And let's just say those were green pieces of paper that the government quite literally printed. And those weren't lent into existence by a bank. But that means that you've got 95 trillion of dollar denominated debt. You say, who cares, George? What, what does that matter? Because that's demand for dollars. Let's go to the next slide. I think you'll really start to understand what I'm talking about. Let's just say for a moment that the, oh, and we should have this, this should be overflowing here. <laughs> just pretend this is overflowing. Uh, let's just say that uh, the U.S., all these dollars come flooding back into the system. Oh, I see what she did. She, she flipped it. No, that's not what I wanted her to do. Okay, so this is a rough draft here, guys. I need you to use your imagination. Imagine that this bucket is still the US dollar market, even though it says Euro dollar market. And imagine that this bucket still says the Euro dollar market, even though it says US dollar market. Just, again, help me out with this one. <laughs> Okay, so let's just assume that there's no longer the petrodollar. This is one that people use all the time. Or let's just assume that the demand for dollars has really gone down because all these entities outside the United States are selling dollars because they never, ever, ever want to see a dollar again. They would much prefer the counterparty risk involved with owning a currency that is backed by the good faith of Vladimir Putin or Xi Jinping. <laughs> or Lula in Brazil. You say, oh, no, George, it's backed by gold. Oh, really? You got to rely on Putin to give you the gold. So he's still your counterparty in that transaction. But let's just say that you want to do that because it's been mandated by Saudi Arabia or something like that. Okay, so then the argument is all, you follow the red arrow, the argument is all those dollars would go right back to the United States. There's no demand for dollars. It's gone. Okay. Well, then what does that do to the bucket of dollars outside of the United States right here that should say euro dollar market? It makes it much, much smaller. 
right? Because a lot of those dollars came flooding back into the United States. Okay, but now look at the size of the bucket of dollars outside of the United States compared to the size of the dollar-denominated debt. You see? No matter how many dollars come flooding back into the United States, the dollar-denominated debt, in other words, demand, outside of the United States, or demand, obviously there's more components of demand than just the dollar-denominated debt, but this type of demand stays the same. It doesn't change. We could have 100% of these dollars in the euro-dollar market come, coming, uh, come back into the United States, as represented by this red arrow, and it still would not change the amount of dollar debt demand in the Eurodollar system outside of our borders, outside of our domestic economy. So in this environment, you guys know, it's just simple supply demand. If there's this much demand and this much supply, what would happen to the price of the dollar? It would skyrocket. It wouldn't, it would crash, but it would crash up, not down. You see? Now, what would happen to the value of the dollar in the United States against goods and services? That would crash. That would crash. Because you would have all these dollars going back into the United States. Let's just assume that we have the same amount of goods and services. And that would lead to significant consumer price inflation. Would it lead to hyperinflation? I doubt it. But it would be mass. It would be 70s. It would be worse than what we have seen over the past, let's say, couple of years. But that just means that there's fewer dollars outside, but let's just say the same amount of dollar debt demand. So this is an environment where the dollar, and this was pretty much my base case, excuse me, it would be my base case over the next 10 years, you guys, not, not short term, but if we really look out into the future, is that the dollar goes down in value in the U.S. relative to goods and services, but goes up in value relative to other currencies. And if it's going up in value relative to other currencies, there's a very low probability that you have hyperinflation. Why? Because if it is going up this much relative to other currencies, you can say, oh, George, well, all the fiat currencies are going down. Not really. In this, with this type of scenario, the dollar would most likely be going up, not just against currencies, but against goods and services in your local country. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro Economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow rebel capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. Let's use Medellin, Colombia as an example where I am right now. We're using pesos. 
Okay. So it is true that uh, the pesos losing value to local goods and services by let's just say 10% per year. But in this type of environment, now all the dollars are flooding back into the United States and we still have the same dollar debt demand. That means the dollar would be appreciating. It would likely, there's no certainty, only probabilities, but there's a very high probability that the dollar would be appreciating a lot more than the local inflation rate. So if the local inflation rate's 10% per year, but the dollar is appreciating by 20, the dollar is gaining value. In Colombia, relative to local goods and services, in addition to gaining value against the peso. You're telling me in that environment, there's going to be no demand outside the U.S. for the dollar? Quite the opposite. You say, well, George, but the, the, the dollar is just a claim on goods in the United States. And therefore, if the dollar is losing value against goods, then at some point, you're not going to want to hold those if you're a Colombian citizen. Nonsense. That is utter nonsense. I can tell you right now that I've been here in Columbia for quite some time, on and off since 2014. And the more time I spend here, well, I shouldn't say that because I'm at the heart, I'm still an American citizen. So I do care about the inflation rate, but let's just use someone else as an example. Let's just use someone here that's never been to the United States, has no connection with the United States, doesn't watch US news. They're born, raised Colombian, and they have no intention to go to the United States ever. You think they care about what the inflation rate is in the U.S.? No, it could be 100% or 2%. They could care less. The only thing they care about is what the dollar is doing relative to the stuff that they can buy. Right here in Colombia, it's denominated in pesos. That's the only thing they care about. And if the dollar is going up against other goods and services here, then if the dollar is going down by 10, 15, 20% in the U.S., irrelevant irrelevant to their decision making but wait there is more <laughs> because another argument that you'll get is okay fine 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 george we've got oh and now oh good 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 looks like they switched it up so now we're back where we need to be where the united states dollar market is on the top and we've got the euro dollar market here on the bottom okay so this slide is totally accurate but instead of the dollars going back up into the United States market, let's just assume for a moment that they stay outside of the United States. So Saudi Arabia no longer wants their dollars because they're going to sell oil for the new uh, Indian currency that's backed by gold. It's got the stamp of approval for Xi Jinping and Vladimir Putin, the two most trust trustworthy individuals on the planet Earth. So therefore, they're just selling all their dollars. They don't want to ah, get rid of these dollars. Ah, yuck. I want to go ahead and buy this awesome, awesome Vladimir Putin currency. Well, then what would happen is those dollars wouldn't go back into the United States like we show, like uh, was shown in the last graphic. It would circulate outside the United States. But think about that. If Saudi Arabia is selling dollars for something else, someone is buying those dollars, okay? And if... XYZ entity buys those dollars, and let's say they don't want them, there's still the same amount of dollar-denominated debt demand, right? So if no one wants dollars anymore, and they don't want to buy anything in the United States, then what are they going to do? They're going to pay down their debt. You see what happens? So in this weird counterintuitive way, dollar supply or dollar demand, I should say, 
controls dollar supply. And if there's less demand for dollars, there's less supply of dollars. So even if you want to argue that the uh, uh, demand for dollars outside the U.S. will go down by 90%, fine. The supply of dollars will also go down by 90%. Because if they don't want those dollars, they still have the dollar-denominated debt. So let me give you a more kind of realistic example. Let's assume for a moment that you have a mortgage for $500,000, okay? Uh, but let's also assume that you hate the dollar and you no longer want it anymore. So you tell your employer that you now want to be paid in Bitcoin or in gold or something like that. And so you've got all of these dollars that are floating around and you don't want them anymore. Let's say you've got $500,000 in your bank, and, but you don't want these dollars. And you say, okay, George, we'll go ahead and sell those dollars. Or that I would go ahead and sell those. Or would you? Would you really sell those dollars and now all of a sudden all your income is going to be in gold and Bitcoin? Because you still have that dollar-denominated debt. What you would most likely do if you didn't want those dollars anymore is you would tell your employer that, sure, I want to go ahead and be paid in Bitcoin in or in gold or in the new BRICS currency moving forward, but you'd take that $500,000 in your bank account and then you'd go ahead and pay off that debt because you don't want to take that FX risk moving forward because at the end of the day, you still owe the bank $500,000. You don't owe them 500,000 Bitcoin or 500,000 pieces of gold. You see? So since 95%, roughly, just using our example, of these dollars in the year dollar market were lent into existence. When there's no longer demand, then that supply goes off to pay existing debt. And since you create dollars that are lent into existence, you destroy dollars when those loans are paid off. And this is why the demand for dollars to a certain degree controls the supply of dollars outside of the United States. So if you believe that all those dollars will come flooding back into the United States, you must also believe that the dollar will skyrocket relative to other fiat currencies. And you must believe, which I think most people do that fall into that category, that inflation would be very high in the U.S. at the same time. And then if you believe that those dollars would not come flooding back into the United States, but they would circulate outside, but there would be a heck of a lot less demand for dollars, due to the new BRICS currency or the loss of the petrodollar, then you also have to believe that the equilibrium between supply of dollars and demand for dollars would be roughly the same. Because as those dollars are no longer wanted, again, they're paying off the debt, which reduces the amount of dollars that exist. So that's when you get this visual, when the euro-dollar market and the euro-dollar demand in other words, uh, uh, dollar-denominated debt, goes down and down and down and down and down. Now, it is true that in this type of environment, if you do have this spigot of dollars coming out of the United States, if that is growing, or the, even if it's the same size, it's going to be a higher percentage, then um, it's going to be a higher and higher percentage relative to the amount of dollars that exist outside in which case that would be slightly dollar negative. But that's a cross current, and that's one of thousands of variables. But the bottom line is in this situation, you might have the dollar going down slightly against other fiat currencies, but it would be 
the furthest thing from hyperinflation you could imagine, right? And I would argue that it may even lead to the dollar going up, but not up as much as it would if those dollars come back to the United States. Why? Because you got to remember that this dollar debt represents principal. On top of this principal, you have interest. And therefore, this, these dollars need to circulate very quickly in order for this, these, um, this amount of dollars to pay off that amount of debt. And in a global economy where you have the amount of dollars or dollar usage shrinking dramatically, there would be a transition. And those transition periods are usually very volatile. In other words, there's less economic activity. Velocity slows down. And because of the amount of velocity slowing down, this again would be a tailwind to the dollar that I think would offset the amount of dollars coming out of the United States being a higher percentage of the overall dollar pie than they were before when you look at this chart or this visual. So I'm very excited about this, guys. I think that those types of graphics give us insight and help us understand the way the system works a lot better. And let's be honest, this system is incredibly esoteric and it's very hard for people to get their head around but is so, so, so important when you're trying to figure out what's going to happen in terms of U.S. inflation, the dollar, in terms of gold, in terms of all these things, commodities, for instance, that we really care about and we try to figure out what's going to happen moving forward. It's something that a lot of you are interested in as far as your portfolio, as far as investing, maintaining, and growing your overall purchasing power and wealth. So if you don't fully get it, go back, watch this video, but rest assured that I'm going to come out with a video this week, a whiteboard video that's going to be explaining this in much greater detail. And in the interim, you guys can go to rebelcapitalslive.com and get your tickets. You haven't heard, Rebel Capitals Live tickets are on sale now, and we've got a special for the next maybe three or four days until Friday where you can get your tickets for a steep discount. For those, it's like an early bird special for those people who are going to take action. And you can find those tickets and all the details at rebelcapitalistlive.com. All right, guys, we'll see you on the next video. And we'll see you in Orlando, May 31st through June 2nd at Rebel Capitalist Live.